Hello and welcome to the EDH RecCast, brought to you by the best deck building site on the web for the commander format, EDH Rec. My name is Joey Schultz and I'm joined today by my lovely co-hosts. First up, the Speedster, whose article series takes you from 60 to 100. It's Matt Morgan. I've had my fill of Christmas cheer. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Oh my. Uh, next, the man whose articles remind you to look in the margins and who hopefully is not such a Grinch, uh, Dana Roach. I'm the living embodiment of Old Lane Sign. I will be ready to ring in the new year. <laughs> there we go. And I'm Joey Schultz, author of the Commander Showdown series. All these articles and more can be found at edhrec.com, along with some awesome featured community content, such as other Commander podcasts and gameplay videos. EDHREC itself is a fantastic deck-building resource that compiles data from deck lists all over the internet to provide helpful recommendations for new Commander decks. And here on the EDHREC cast, we're going to give all that data a little more context. What's our topic this week, fellas? I mean, we'll talk about talk about how old Dana is in 2019. <laughs> The fact that I knew old Lane sign is probably a sign that I'm old. Uh, that That is indeed what a, a, an old sign would, would indicate, yeah. Uh, but for real, though, we're going to be talking about how, you know, we're coming up on a new year and there are new decks in our future as well. Basically, we're just going to cover a bunch of little topics, you know, wrapping up a little bit about the past year, but also some fun stuff to look forward to in the new year. I mean, it's been a really exciting year for Commander, and I'm excited to also see what comes up next. You guys ready? Yeah, let's do this. Let's do it. One last time. Be- yeah, before we get into a bunch of these topics, though, you know, I just want to ask, have you guys played any fun games recently? Anything that wrapped up the, the last part of the year since the show is coming out? You know, it's the last episode of 2018. Anything fun that you wrapped up the year with? I'm trying to think if I had anything that really has jumped out at me. Um, I have really been enjoying lately. We, we have a couple decks in my shop where I play that are playing Aurelia the War Leader. Um, I've really enjoyed playing against Aurelia. Um, it's if if you don't get one shot, there's you, you'll get two shot. So you set up that dynamic pretty early where Aurelia hits you and you're like, okay, well I can't get hit again or the game's over. It, it's Boro, so obviously it's not impressive. Um, but it, it requires you to not make mistakes and it requires you to play in a way where you have to have a contingency for your contingency, because if you don't, Aurelia might come down and just put you out of the game. And so I've just played against the two players in my shop that have Aurelia decks quite a bit lately. And I've just really enjoyed the dynamic that sets up in my games. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool i do like that aggressive stuff we'll uh hopefully be getting into some aggressive future deck building for joey actually later on in the show uh as for fun games that i've been playing recently um i've been really really happy with my lord wind grace build i mean you know me i love lands i love death i love land death and lord wind grace does a whole bunch of that for me but particularly i've been very impressed by the card retreat to hagra this was a card that a couple of my friends had suggested that maybe wouldn't be as good whenever a land enters the battlefield on my side of the field retreat to hagra has this landfall effect that drains one life from every player you only gain one life and everyone else will lose one life and they just sort of thought that that might not necessarily be as big of a payoff because it's very gradual but generally speaking the way that my deck tends to function is that i'll kind of cascade one big scape shift into uh one big splendid reclamation so i'll often have like 30 lands entering the battlefield all in one turn and so having that card has actually been definitely quite a boon because it assists me with one big sudden you know ending maneuver which has been a whole lot of fun so it's nice doing my homework on that particular card i've been really really impressed uh matt how about you um, I just enjoyed this past year 
kind of reestablishing a new, a new play group, uh, finding some more people to play with. Nothing really stands out. I, I just was, I spent more time probably this year just appreciating the games instead of trying to break down everything. Um, enjoying the fact like I'm still getting to, to play despite having moved, you know, a time zone over. So yeah, it's been, that's kind of been the focus and, uh, where I spent a lot of my, my efforts this year. Yeah, it's been a, a pretty big one for you, you know, with the move and such and adjusting to an entirely new playgroup. So I also kind of wanted to ask, what was your favorite part of 2018, guys? A whole lot happened this year for Magic. So what was your most enjoyable moment? Um, I'm not sure if it's a moment necessarily. It'll just be a thing, I will say. Um, Dominaria as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. That set, I mean... It just hit everything for me. There was a ridiculous amount of really good commander cards. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. But they were all a lot of really strong cards, too. There was, you know, a fair share of even uncommon commanders that wind up being really good. Matt's buddy, uh, Valduke, being one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I got you, Matt. I mentioned it. it. It was also like a lore-rich set. There's a lot of references to old things. Even the art has a lot of deep dives that you can dig through and find throwbacks to really old cards from back in Magic's history. There's just there's nothing about that set I didn't love. It's the, my favorite thing I've seen from this game set-wise um, in I don't even know how long. I just I adore that set, and I can't wait till we go back, and it's only been six months. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a very fun, very flavorful set. I know people just anybody who says back in my day, like Dana does, probably appreciated Dominaria. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was a cool one. I think for me, though, my favorite part of 2018, and I know that the this particular precon set got a lot of flack from people, but I loved Commander 2018 because I really genuinely feel like every single commander that they created, every legendary creature, was a brand new avenue and a really fun and exciting one. There was only like one, maybe two commanders from the entire bunch that I was a little unimpressed with, and even then only a little. I was really excited by the entire crop this year. A lot of design work went into the specific legendary creatures, and I was just beyond impressed with them. So that was really one of my favorite aspects of 2018 because i just found all of them from yuriko to aminatu to Windgrace to just all of them just be so so inventive and fun and really cool to have those spaces finally opened up into new avenues for deck building that was a, a really great moment for me so as part of an annual ritual for the site andrew cummings who usually writes the ultra budget brews articles is going to be throwing together a fun top 10 cards article we'll list out you know some of the most popular cards of the entire year of course but then we'll also mention you know every author is going to get a chance to talk about their personal top 10 cards so you can look forward to that article on the site listeners but we also just wanted to take a moment to ask guys what's your number one card of 2018 what was the specific card that stood out to you that really was just so 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 much fun this year dana what do you think so i'm, I'm gonna cheat and give you two answers and then the second answer is also a cheat um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so there's a lot of cheating happening so just prepare yourself um so the first one my personal favorite card this year was Piers win um that's a good just, one every time i cast it i go get the best land in my deck and everyone else loses something it's just never not awesome um technically um in some alternate reality i could also name someone as a friend (laughs) so i guess it's good to have that option should time and space suck it on themselves and that occur but um it hasn't happened yet so so that's my personal favorite card i've had i will however say i think the um the cycle of battle bomb lands, I will I will name them as a card, uh, are just good for the game in general. 
it gives a lot of people on a budget access to what is, for the most part, effectively an, an ABUR dual. Yeah, you can't fetch it, but it's a perfectly, it's a perfect comes into play, comes into play untapped dual land um, for a lot of people. You know, for the the five bucks they're going for for a long time, and I think they're still at six ish. That's very affordable, and it's a way to put a really, really, really good land into their deck that they maybe didn't have access to before. Yeah, yeah, I'm hardcore on board. Matt, what about you? What was your number one card, or perhaps I suppose number one cycle, like the like the Battlebond lands? What was um, your uh, your standout for 2018? See, for me, 2018 was a bunch of really good cards. That like, there's a lot of quality just across the board, but there's no like standout like there to me. There's no card for me that Piers Whim is for Dana. There's nothing like. I mean, I just compare everything to Rishkar's expertise or Torment to Hailfire from last year. Huh. I, I did say a black card. I said a mono black X spell was my know, number. You're not all Selesnia all the time, but you know I'm still. pretty close. Let's 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 call it, <laughs> let's call it what it is. I actually I really liked Moldrotha. Um, that caused me to to build a brand new deck, and I I don't build a ton of new decks, um, but that one was. And I should say this, and I know Joey, you you were kind of torn in all of our conversations about Guilds of Ravnica, but it should be noted that. Selesnia was a pushed guild in Guilds of Ravnica, but I built an Izzet commander deck. Let's just throw yeah, that. that is I, true. I did, did build Niv Mizzet. Yep, and it's and it's super fun deck. I really enjoy it. Probably the most like impactful overall. They just like create some cool situations. Uh, Journey to Eternity actually I really enjoy, and I feel like Rivals kind of got forgotten because Dominaria is just so crazy. So much was going on there that people kind of forgot about Rivals really quickly. Um, but yeah, just Journey to Eternity, that whole cycle, I think was really good. Um, I think the set was yeah, those, pretty pretty those sweet. enchantments, right? Yes, that turned into a land. I like Elendra, Dusk Rose. That was just a bomb and a half in, in Edgar Markov decks. Um, but I think it might be Journey to Eternity. Uh, it's probably like my standalone number one card from the year. I, you know what? I am absolutely on board with that. More Golgari is great for everyone. I'm glad that you're finally seeing the light or, or the dark, as it were. That's a, a really great pick. Uh, I'm actually probably going to surprise everyone here by naming my number one card, and it's hailing back to Rivals of Ixalan at the very beginning of 2018, but my number one card has to go to Itali Primal Storm. It really does. Itali was just one of the best red cards I've ever seen. It's excellent as a standalone commander because it nets you tons of advantage by casting free spells from everyone, but is also just a new quintessential piece of basically every red deck. There are very few red decks that aren't going to want this card. It's a six mana, six, six elder dinosaur that steals spells from everyone's top deck and then plays them for free. That's that's so good that's that's just amazing I, I i can't ignore that much value no matter how much i love graveyards so itali primal storm that gets my pick as the number one card of 2018 but we'll also have to tune into andrew's article to see what all of the other writers think about the fun cards from 2018 too moving on from 2018 i mean it's been a really fun year but also now that we're done with all of the holidays and done with the year we want to move on to the new year do we have any predictions, maybe, for what we might see in 2019? New Nicobola sucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> Starting out to get really strong. I'm definitely in Grinch mode here. I'm, I'm pissing off everybody, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a Nicobolus. I mean, everybody's kind of alluding to it. Um, Mason, one of our EDH rec writers, he's Vorthos to the Supreme. Uh, Joey, you and him, I know, always go back and forth in our 
our writers' channels. Mm-hmm. I, I think there will be a Nicol Bolas, like everybody is is kind of sold on. But if it is, it's going to be subpar. It's going to kind of be like the uh, the Godfaro Nicol Bolas, where it's cool, but it's going to be overcosted or just not really worth the investment uh, and not really see a lot of play. So for specificity's sake, you're talking about sp- like just within EDH as a format and not within the regular standard meta and all that, just the new Nickel Bolas card whenever we get one. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll not see a, a good deal of commander play. All right. All right. Um, I personally hope you're wrong, but you know, that's definitely a, a bold prediction right there. Dana, what do you think? What do you anticipate for 2019? Um, I got a couple of different things here, but the first one I will lay on you guys, I think we will get a new multiplayer uh, variant of some kind, like we had Battle Bond last year, which was two headed giant. I think we will get a set encouraging multiplayer play again this spring at some point that has a bunch of commander staples in it. I don't know what that will be. I'm not even going to attempt to guess that, but I think they're going to go back to that well one more time. That sounds quite logical. I could totally see them, you know, wanting to make room for some type of conspiracy or Battle Bond ish set every year because there's a lot of new design space there that they get to flex that just isn't often explored in other traditional standard sets. So, yeah, I could totally see that. I'd, I'd really enjoy that. If we get more Battle Bonds in the future, Battle Bond was another really big highlight of 2018. Yeah, it yeah. lets them hit a lot of bases. It lets them, you know, sell packs to commander players as well as people wanting to do a a weird draft environment. Um, so I, I think it makes sense from a business standpoint. It lets them kind of hit a lot of different quadrants in terms of sales. Um, it lets them get more reprints out there. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a good idea. It's a logical idea from a business standpoint, and I think it's a good thing for commander players as well. Sweet. Alrighty, uh, I've got a kind of weird prediction for 2019, and I actually think that since we know that we're getting three Ravnica sets, I have a prediction that the final Ravnica set will be, and this is a little outlandish to say maybe, but I think it's going to be one of the best commander sets ever. And the reason that I kind of think that is because, uh, frankly, the first Ravnica set, the Guilds of Ravnica uh, set that we've got right now, in my opinion, is a little bit lackluster for commander players. I think it's done absolute wonders to the standard format, which definitely was needed. But I think that was sort of around that design space of of wizards making sure that they wrangled and got standard into the place that it needed to be. I think that that will be true for both of the first Ravnica sets, this one that we're currently in, and then also the Ravnica Allegiance set that's coming out soon. And we're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of basing this off of a few, we've only got like what, like four or five cards that have been spoiled from the upcoming Ravnica Allegiance set. And based off of those, I'm still kind of getting that same impression that I got from the first Ravnica set, that it's maybe not necessarily directly focused at commander players. There will be some good one-off cards. Divine Visitation, for example, was an excellent commander card that was in first Ravnica set. But generally speaking, the legends especially are not very focused for us. But I think that that's going to set them up perfectly for an awesome Hail Mary in the final set, which is why they're being so tight-lipped about it. I don't think we even know what the name of that one's going to be yet. And I think that one especially will have a great opportunity for them to give tons and tons of presents to us commander players. Maybe I'm just got some wishful thinking going on here, but I think it would be kind of weird if they had one Ravnica set that wasn't as great on the Legends and then another Ravnica set that was really excellent on the Legends. I think that'd be kind of awkward. So my guess is that it's actually going to be focused the first two for more of the standard environment. And then the last one is going to be the big EDH blowout. I mean, it makes sense from a storyline point of view that that will be the set where all the heroes come out to clash against all the villains. Um, so yeah, that 
definitely makes sense as a set where you have a, a density of legendary creatures that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, so yeah, I totally buy that. Yeah, fingers crossed we will have to return to our predictions in the following year to see, you know, if we're actually any good at this whole predicting the future thing or if our brainstormings are kind of brainstorm blocking us instead. Uh, kind Jesus. of another... <laughs> Uh, moving on to another fun 2019 prediction. What do you guys anticipate that the annual commander set theme might be around? Any ideas? Because I'll be honest, I actually don't have any idea for that one. I think it's going to be pretty scattered around again. Um, I think when they moved away from having a, a set theme throughout all of the decks, uh, I think it lo- loosened them up quite a bit so they can kind of do whatever they want and just focus on the decks being a standalone, just good deck. I think... Just from listening, because uh, when Gavin Verhey was on the Brainstorm Brewery, he talked a little bit about the commander sets, and I think they're going to focus on on new cards a little bit more moving forward. Just they're they're going to try to find reprints in other outlets than just commander. Um, I think with that set and, and and not doing any more master sets for the foreseeable future, uh, I think they're going to focus more on new cards in commander sets, which I actually am am okay with because I think that gives them a chance to do very specific things for commander that are are very good for the format um yeah i'm kind of with matt i don't know if i have a particular prediction where i'm going to say like i think they're going to do one deck that's themed around you know stealing creatures or whatever it is i I don't i'm not going to go in that limb um what i will say is is one thing i think we're due to revisit as a mechanic whether it's in the commander set or maybe in the core set is i think the the flip walker thing we had going on back in origins is something that was really successful both as a um, standard thing and as a way to put Planeswalker commanders out there and cards people wanted to be legal as, you know, lore characters and commander um, without having to make them as Planeswalker can also be used as your general. So I think I would like to see us revisit it. I think we will at some point. I think this is a good year for it, whether it's in, you know, a core set where we get Origins versions of cards like Teferi and Karn or... It's in the commander product where we get that. I think we're we're going to revisit it, and I think this is the year where we may see that mechanic come back. I think that'd, that'd be, be really fun, yeah, to, to see like a, a flip Karn of pre and post. Right, yeah, or Teferi, or you know, uh, Jai Boward, or there's a lot of these these older lore characters that have kind of come back into the mainstream in the last year or so, and I think we could we really. I, I would love to see an, an origins version of those characters. I think that would be a fun theme to hook a, an annual commander set around for sure. Like having, as Dominaria showed, that you can explore and make history and lore a really central focus for a product. I think that that would be a really great avenue to take with an annual commander product as well. We frequently see that there are some, you know, forgotten lore characters like Felton of the Third Path, for example, uh, or Titania. Like we've seen those get thrown into the deck this before. Year. Right, exactly. But that could be another thing that they could embody even more and maybe make more historical or flavor based decks around different, you know, creatures or or legendary people from uh, the magic past. I think that that would be kind of a neat direction to take that product because they always like to have some type of gimmick with those precons. They always like to have something that you can build around. Uh, Speaking of mechanics, the one that I think I'd be excited to see is the partner with mechanic. I think that would be a really neat one to, to see come back. Yeah, I mean, and, and it worked on a lot of levels. It worked really well, um, both as allowing you to play as a commander, but it was also good in a limited environment, just being able to go get another card 
um, you know, I was just tweaking my, my Arved the Curse deck and I felt like I needed a little more card draw in it. Um, and I wound up putting in um, Ragnan Krav just because if I cast one, I get the other. So essentially it winds up getting me a card and um, Krav has card draw baked into him as well. So um, it's just a really good mechanic, both in the zone and in your deck. Um, I like it a lot and I would love to see more, more, more partner with for sure. I can guarantee that uh, Don of EDH Rec is probably not happy to see more partner decks, though, <laughs> because they're not. very difficult to program. Yeah, yeah he struggled he'll, he'll with that over. last year. We'll have to ask him about it when we have him on the show here in a, in a future episode. Yeah, that's another thing that we're excited to uh, to have in the new year. We definitely want to have the king of EDH Rec on the podcast, too, to talk about all of the fun stuff that's coming to the show. So that should hopefully be a fun future episode. Uh, speaking of future stuff, though, we've also got a couple of newly spoiled cards that we want to take a quick look at from the Ravnica Allegiance set. We are recording this particular episode pretty far in advance, so if more spoilers have come out in the time since, sorry, we don't know about them. Uh, but for now, there are some neat things that we're seeing, and do you guys have any particular opinions about all of these new cards we're seeing from Ravnica Allegiance? I really uh, Lavinia, like the new Lavinia Reveler. Is, yeah, Lavinia is the best hate bear ever. Um, but the, the Rick's Maddie Reveler, man, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, four mana and you get to draw three. Is that what that is? Yeah, so let's read this guy. Rick's Maddie Reveler, it's one and a red for a 2-2 human shaman, but it also has spectacle for two black red. So it is technically a Rakdos card. It can't be played in a mono rack deck. A mono red deck. Uh, the spectacle mechanic we've just discovered says you may cast the spell for its spectacle cost rather than its mana cost if an opponent lost life this turn. So it's sort of like an alternate to uh, the bloodthirst mechanic, only it's going to give you a different effect than just powering up your creature. In this particular case, when Rixmati Reveler enters the battlefield, discard a card, then draw a card. But if its spectacle cost was paid, you instead discard your hand and then draw three cards. So you think that that one could be pretty fun for Rakdos decks? I think so. I, I like just those types of effects that are they're they're fine early and they're fine late. Uh, I think those are good just for the game in general. Um, I think they'll be very, very good for standard. And I mean, the better standard is, the better commander is, because then they can, you know, obviously resources are coming in. They can spend more resources focusing on all aspects of the game, not just standard. So um, I think, yeah, it'll be a very fun card. I think Rakdos decks that struggle to, to draw a lot of cards will we'll do fine with it. All right, very nice. And Dana, you mentioned Lavinia, Azorius, Renegade. This is definitely a hate bear if I've ever seen one. In this case, she's a white and a blue mana for a 2-2 human soldier legendary creature. She says each opponent can't cast non-creature spells with converted mana cost greater than the number of lands that player controls. And whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. Well, definitely yeah. help them keep people honest. Yeah, and I think on the bottom it says partners with Gaddick Teague, I think. Um, <laughs> on there. Henry, Henry's just shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> Man, what, what, a, what a miserable combination that would be. Oh my goodness. Just, just yeah, play uh, uh, some uh, sort of Bant Bears hatred of all things. Well, hatred of all things Henry Stukenborg. Uh, right. I would play that deck in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, um, that's I, I just was, it. So, like Lavinia seems pretty rough to play against because it kind of reminds me of Teferi Temporal Archmage uh, because he can kind of, what is it, the knowledge pool lock people out of the game since he restricts people to 
uh, casting spells only at sorcery speed, you can use knowledge pool, which will then force them to do it in a different way. It will kind of screw with timing. That and I think the other card, uh, Eye of the Storm, also kind of messes with timing there. Uh-huh. So if you've got them out with Teferi, it locks your opponents from playing spells. Lavinia is actually kind of similar because whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, as would be the case with Eye of the Storm or Knowledge Pool, then she can lock people out of the game. She does seem pretty gross. I don't think she was intended for a commander necessarily, because that seems very, very gross as a combo, but it's definitely an avenue that I can see a lot of people taking advantage of. Yeah, well, I d- I d- definitely definitely not a commander card, but like, it'll do a lot of stuff in standard, though. Yeah, I, th- I think we, and we all kind of commented on this when the first... Um, a Ravnica set was spoiled that it's this is was much less a set for commander than something like Dominaria was. A lot of these legends were designed for standard play, and I think with Lavinia, it's kind of the same thing. She's not intended to be anyone's commander. Um, I know some CEDH players are really excited for her, but I mean, unless you're kind of trying to troll your friends, you're probably not going to make a great general atop your deck. Yeah. There is a card that has been spoiled, though, that I am personally very, very excited about because it seems, uh, in a word, gross. So Simic Ascendancy has come out recently. This is a rare Simic enchantment, so it just costs two mana, a green and a blue. It's got the activated ability to pay one green blue, and then you can put a plus one counter on target creature you control. But it also says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control, you get that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if Simic Ascendancy has 20 or more growth counters on it, you win the game. Uh, yuck. This seems really easy to do for me, but maybe I'm just biased because of my Rayhan and Ishai deck. What do you guys think? I'm just, I'm really shocked to see that they've printed a Simic card that just accidentally is really, really good. When you do the thing you were already going to be doing anyway. That's never happened before, has it? Yeah, that's such a bizarre thing for somebody to get. Unprecedented, Unpre- really. Completely unprecedented. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's like just such a something thing. It's like, hey, this thing your deck was already doing, let's just give you a reward for it at two mana. And- And that really illuminates one of the issues of scaling from a standard set to a commander set. Like in a standard set, if you're putting 20 counters on your creatures, you're you're probably already winning that game. Right. But in commander, that's not necessarily true. But my Ishai has gotten to huge, huge numbers without me being able to win the game. But I mean, with Simic Ascendancy out, that is probably going to be a lot easier. I don't need to attack anyone at all. Or if I've got Forgotten Ancient out. I was about to bring up Forgotten Ancient. Yeah. Because it can spread counters and that will again trigger Simic Ascendancy. And note that it gets that many growth counters on it. If you put three counters on something, it says put that many growth counters on Simic Ascendancy. Because like that, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like I could play Mimeoplasm with 20 counters on them and then boom, Simic Ascendancy is already active. That's really, really scary. This seems pretty easy for, you know, evil red list players, us Atraxa style folk, us Rayhan and Ishai guys. Seems I think very easy for us to take advantage of. So uh, I'm looking forward to this card for sure. Yeah, if you're playing a plus one counter deck or or any kind of proliferate deck or what have you with those colors, I mean, you're just going to run this. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. So we are seeing some exciting stuff coming up in the Ravnica Allegiance set. I hope that it's really, really fun, but I am still predicting that most of the cards are made with an eye towards standard much, much more than they are for Commander, and hopefully that ramps up to a really fun third set as well. Are there any other, you know, cool cards coming up in the next set that you guys, you guys want to mention before we move on? I really like the the art on the FNM Mortify promo. I think that looks sharp. 
Yeah, it's a really good looking card. I really like the flavor text on that one. Your debt is erased, quoth Hilger Orzov, euthanist. That's uh, that's pretty <laughs> pretty frightening, frankly. It's quite I'm used the to title Ravnica too. being in kind of a yeah. That that's also very true. I'm used to Ravnica being a really fun place, but it seems like it's definitely getting darker since all of the guilds are starting to really get at each other's throats. I do like the spectacle mechanic as well. Um, it's giving you an alt cat co- alt cast cost if you've dealt damage this turn, or if the person's lost life, I guess it is. So, you know, technically you can also cast things off someone cracking a fetch land or something like that in Commander. So I'll be really curious to see how that mechanic pans out, because at least in the cards we're seeing, um, it looks quite interesting with the potential to be very strong. We'll see if it is. Yeah, yeah, all right. Moving on now, I also wanted to take a brief moment to, you know, talk about, since it's going to be a new year, what new decks we might be building. Dana, do you want to start us off? Is there anything on your plate that you're considering tinkering around with for the upcoming 2019? Um, you know, I've been threatening to um, build a Crush the Blood Braided Fling deck for a while. And, you know, we got Thud in a set a while back. Um, so there's a couple different options. Um, there's Essence Harvest as well. And there's a few different ways with Crush I could, you know, play some creatures, sack them to make Crush huge, and then... You know, obviously I could swing a crush if I wanted to, but ideally I could just use him to blow up other people without even having to um, attack anyone. So I think I'm going to finally pull the trigger and put that list together this year. All right, that sounds pretty fun. What do you think has been stopping you in the past? You know, I just haven't, like, particularly the last few months, I've had a lot going on in my personal life. I haven't wanted to build a new deck between moving, things like that, you know, so I just, I haven't done it. Um, that's really the only reason I just haven't really had a chance to do so. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I think that's going to be my first deck in the new year. I, I, I crank out. And I feel like Jund has been one of those things that you've been kind of dancing around for a while. I remember you also tried to build a Wasatora deck, but it never quite got there. I did. It, it, right. And it, and it didn't, and it, it didn't play uniquely either. And that's kind of one of the things I, I like about this crash idea is being able to, you know, use the creatures for damage, but not, in combat will kind of give the deck a, a unique flavor that other decks I'm playing don't have, which is something I'm always looking for. That sounds pretty fun. Matt, what about you? Anything on your docket? Nothing really. I think the, the biggest decision that I have coming up in 2019 is do I keep Omnath around or do I pull the trigger, take the bullet, whatever you want to say, and, and switch him over to throw mock? Uh, it's, ever since that episode that we did a couple weeks ago, really been on my heart. Uh, it just it looks so much fun to do, uh, I but I haven't done it yet. Uh, mainly because Angry Omnath is my longest standing deck at this point. It's the oldest deck. It's been around the longest, and I, I kind of put some uh, some fun into it. It's my own. Uh, Dana and I kind of we've talked about it a couple times actually. You know the deck is yours when you buy dual lands for it, right? And yeah. and I did that for Omnath. So yeah, we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. It is surprisingly painful to get rid of one of those decks that's sort of your baby. Like, I don't think I could ever bring myself to get rid of the Mimeoplasm. I just, I've, it, it's been with me my entire commander career, and there's nothing stopping me from like taking it apart, trying out something else, and if I don't like it, rebuilding Mimeoplasm. But it just feels like a betrayal somehow. Definitely. It really, really does. Yeah, that could be something that maybe I need to do for my, uh, I guess, New Year's resolution is like find more comfort in taking apart older decks so that I can, you know, move on and find other different avenues. 
Um, that could be something, but like I've tried it before. I tried taking apart my Crufix deck and I just couldn't bear it. I missed it too much. So uh, that could be a, a tough cross to bear. I'll have to see if I can pull it off in 2019. Uh, moving on for a deck that I'm considering building, I've, I've been kind of evolving in my desire in the format. Uh, most of the decks that I run tend to involve a lot of graveyards. Y'all know that. Uh, and one of the things that I enjoyed about graveyards, especially with, for example, Marin of Clan Neltoth, you can just revive something like a Grey Merchant of Asphodel, or you can sacrifice your Kokosho over and over again and, and just drain the table without ever having to interact with the combat step a whole lot. But the combat step is a really important piece of the game, so I think I'm interested in building a deck that forces a lot, lot, lot of combat, or at least encourages a whole lot of combat among other players. And I think right now, with all of the cards that can encourage combat from the new Thantis, for example, and then other cards like Crown of Doom or Gahiji, I'm kind of thinking that I might have landed on Saskia the Unyielding as a new deck for me that sort of encourages everyone to fight each other, maybe using a bunch of curses or cards like Crown of Doom, maybe some stuff like Marchesa throwing the Monarchy in there to try and encourage people to hit each other just to make combat a much more central aspect of the game because that's been a thing that i've avoided for so long i think that's a good um it's a good idea it's a good way to take you out of your comfort zone and try something a little bit different and maybe force you to play some cards you would normally play as well i like that yeah and that's just it like a new year new us i mean kind of same old us matt will never stop playing selesnia for example and i'll never give up my graveyards but there are definitely other avenues that i want to try within those too like when i built a group hug deck it turned out to be really really rewarding and so i want to see if i can come at that same experience just from a different angle i think that that would be a uh, pretty pretty fun but that's just one of my own personal goals for 2019. Now we also kind of want to challenge not the stats, but each other. What are some goals that we're going to give to each other for this new year? Dana, do you want to start us off challenging your co-hosts? Uh, sure. I had a couple ideas here that might be outside everyone's comfort zone. Um, I know Matt does have a mono red deck in Val Duke, but I would like to see Matt try something weird in mono color, whether it's like white stacks or maybe mono blue aggro, something in a mono color that's not Selesnia, um, <laughs> and something that's strange, something that's like th those colors aren't known for. I mean, I, uh, so kind of bending things around, like doing extra turns in not blue or reanimator, yeah, not black, so, that yeah, kind of something thing? along those lines, yeah. I mean, in my defense, I built a mono white artifact centric deck in, in Tishar, and that deck was a blast. I do remember that article of yours, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right, Dana, what's your challenge for me? Uh, Joey, hmm. Do you, do you currently have a Super Friends deck? I couldn't remember if you did or not. Uh, I did actually try my hand at a, um, after we talked about our Planeswalker episode, I actually threw together a small list for Pierre and Toothy. Since Pierre can actually put additional loyalty counters on your Planeswalkers, I did try out Super Friends. It's been awkward. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it. Are you challenging me to continue that strategy? I was going to, yeah, because you are, you know, tend to be very creature based. And I was going to suggest you try a Super Friends deck without using any of the commanders on the top list for Super Friends commanders, which I think Pierre and Toothy would not be on that list yeah it's definitely been an interesting one and i don't think i've gotten it quite to the point where i like it i've only played like one or two games of it though so i think that i can definitely accept that challenge and make sure that the deck is as good as it ought to be because they're certainly a weird pair that people don't see that strategy coming there's, there's also joyra i think there's a there's a doable uh joyra <laughs> deck there all those historic planeswalkers i suppose that's also true yeah 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 
Alrighty, Matt, do you have any challenges for us? I'm going to challenge Joey to build a deck with rest in peace. Oh, oh my goodness, oh, no. Wow. I know that that's that's pretty bold. No, I I, I think Joey, you you and I are are very much creatures of habit. We like to, we like our things and we like mm-hmm. to play them, maybe variations of them, but there's still the same core there. Um I think both of you guys, I would like to see some sort of like a Jeskai colored deck. Something that just well in Jeskai, we I mean we none of us are are huge on the color combination. And I think all of us could take that that one up as build a Jeskai deck. Maybe something a little different than what we normally do. Uh, something with that isn't maybe like Dana high uh, high floor low ceiling. Sure. Um, mm. How many X spells can you fit into a deck, Dana? That'd be something interesting to see. That's not a yeah. bad idea. That would definitely Go get me out of my um, out of my. You know, I it, it's not a Jeskai. It's, it's a Jeskai deck, but I had I've been kind of tinkering a little bit with whether or not Zendru um, Voltron might not be a weird thing to try. That would be in Jessica. <laughs> I've seen those because they put all the auras on Zedru, but then give the auras to other people. So technically they're still enchanting your guy, but you get to draw extra cards for them. That's pretty funny. So we'll, yeah, I'll try something in Jessica. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. And I especially like that challenge for Dana to try something that's high risk. Sure. Yes. yes. Yeah. You put, put yourself out there. Actually, one thing I think would be really fun to watch Joey try out now that I'm thinking about a little bit more that we're talking it through something Uh-oh. like a, a, a Zergo, not the, not the bell striker, but the helm smasher, something like that. Just something, just chaos, mm. political. There's, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just doing stuff. Uh, yeah. I mentioned Saskia earlier, but Zergo could also be another option. Just try and make sure that people be fighting. Cause Zergo with assault suit is also a really famous. Exactly. Combat. That, that was one thing that I was thinking. I, I remember I first saw that and just, it took my, my it took my head a, a second just to wrap around what was really going on, but yeah, he's basically indestructible at all times. Alrighty, that sounds pretty cool. I think that this is a pretty exciting road to start traveling down. For me, I've got a challenge for each of you, Matt. I think this could be a fun exercise for you. Normally, in your series, you take a sixty card deck, whether it be from Legacy or Standard or what have you, and you turn that into a one hundred card deck, which is a really fun avenue for your series. But I actually want to see if you can do the inverse: take one of your favorite Commander decks and try and make a sixty card version. Oh, that. Easy peasy. Oh, nice. All right. Let's do, let's do that. I think that could be a pretty fun and exciting exercise for you. Uh, but then Dana, you're not going to like this. Uh-oh. Oh, I know what this is going to be now. Oh, man. I think you ought to try a group hug deck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right. I, I will see what I can come up with. That's absolutely <laughs> taking my medicine. That's not going to go down good. All right, I will. I will try that. Yes, I, will. I would like to see some Dana politics. I'd love to see him have to have to navigate those waters and have see to, have to cast see a peers women choose friends. <laughs> oh, Ugh. a little piece of Dana just like dies on the inside. <laughs> just the thought of it makes me sick. Uh, pretty awesome. So, I mean, those are just some of the challenges that we have for each other. I mentioned a goal that I'm also personally setting for myself, maybe trying something a bit more aggressive. Um, and then Matt, you also challenged me to do that too. But, you know, aside from these challenges that were sort of given to each other, did you guys have specific ones that you're hoping to, to achieve yourself as well? Um, I've got one thing I wanted to do a little more this year. Um, I think I mentioned here a few weeks back, I put a card psychic possession in one of my decks just to try it out. And I've just really enjoyed playing that card. 
So I think one of the things I'm going to work on doing more this year is putting cards into decks, not because I think they are going to be a good fit for the deck, but because I want to see how the card plays. I just wanted to try out taking possession, so I put it in a deck that had the right colors, not because I thought it was a great fit for that particular deck, and I've enjoyed having the card in that deck since then. So I just want to force myself to put cards in decks just to try them out. I really like that. And yeah, you're totally right. You'd mentioned Psychic Possession a couple times, just how impressed you've been with it. And you're right. Doing homework on your cards is the only way that you're ever going to find out. Exactly. If you just sort of leave stuff on the wayside, then you're never going to really know if it has potential. Yeah, I mean, so if, you, if, I, if you just him and haw and like, well, will it work? Won't it work? I don't know. You, you just got to, I mean, just put a card in the deck and try it out. And I just need to do that more often to try cards that I've, I've never used before so I can get that first-hand experience. Matt, how about you? Any personal goals? So one thing I know we, we like to joke around, you know, we all have our stereotypes, Matt like Selesnia, but I do have various decks. Like I said, we, I have a, a Niv Mizzet Perrin deck, but I don't think I've ever built an Izzet deck that essentially didn't win through Splinter Twin combo. <laughs> and that's just, I, I and like we've said on a couple episodes, sometimes we use this website because we don't know how to do color combinations. We don't know how to do certain archetypes. Uh, and is it, Definitely is one of those for me. I just, I, I I know it draws cards and I know it combos out with almost accidental ease. Uh, so maybe just finding a way just to, to, to get a better win condition in an, is deck or in some sort of deck that isn't, you know, creature combat. I think every deck pretty much that I've ever built has always went through creature combat. And so maybe finding a way to, to go around that, that might be something that definitely gets me outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, I do think, Matt, like, trying to expand out, maybe trying a, you know, Tristani deck or, you know, Sigarda Heron's Grace or Risa Redeemed. There, there's, like, a whole bunch of different kinds of Slesnia commanders you could try. <laughs> that is true, yes. <laughs> I see what you did there, Dana. It's a wide world, uh, Matt. Uh, I also see, actually, that one of you has put another uh, prediction here at the bottom of our show notes. I oh that. yes, that, that that was definitely me. And this uh, this is pretty a bold prediction here. It is a, it is a bold prediction. Um, I think this is mainly just to kind of the shift towards arena that everybody's taking, and I think it's really cool. Everything that I've I've heard about arena is extremely positive, but I think brawl is finally going to die because of singleton actually. So singleton, if you guys don't know, is a format that they do on arena every now and then, and it's basically brawl without the commander, um, but it's terribly popular and everybody seems to enjoy it i think that's going to kind of push people over the edge uh towards not playing brawl so much on paper but play singleton i know it's essentially the same format but i think a lot of people just are gravitating towards it and i think that's going to carry over in paper too see that's funny i actually kind of think the opposite i feel like a popular exclusively singleton without a commander format uh, on Magic Arena getting more popular, I think that that would just push people to have a paper version as well. So Brawl would, if anything, just continue to get more popular. I say continue. It's not very popular right now, but you know, its numbers aren't zero necessarily. Definitely. And I just think that like that would be a symbiotic relationship rather than an exclusatory one. I, well, and I think people are going to be so attached to just the format and not having to worry about color identity because of a commander if they wanted to play five color i mean there's no five color commander in standard right now so i think just having that limitation of being tied to the color identity of a commander i know it's it's not a far stretch being you know in very enfranchised commander players you know you can get creative 
Um, I think just the, the target audience for Brawl is a little bit different. And this is not saying Brawl is a bad format because I've heard a lot of people say very positive things about it. But same thing with Singleton when they're essentially the same format. I think everyone's going to play Singleton just because there's no commander, there's no restrictions. And I think a lot of standard players with or newer players with limited collections are going are gonna to like that a lot. Interesting. Maybe this is uh, one of those things that we should challenge you on to actually try out Brawl. I'd, I'd be very willing. I was looking at it. Um, I really wanted to build a uh, uh, Slimefoot deck. That looks very fun, just considering the, the, the small card pool. Uh, I never did, but it's something that I, I definitely would be interested in doing. Yeah, and, and that's really just it. I mean, this is a pretty short and sweet episode, but there are fun things to look forward to in the new year. And I think these are a nice batch of resolutions to have to try something new, to do more of your homework, try a strategy that you're not familiar with. Like that's how you continue to grow and advance as a player. And I think that's really valuable. And now's a really good time of year to remind ourselves of the ways that we can expand within this ever expanding game. And also, I'm kind of curious to hear from our listeners Listeners, what are your predictions for 2019? What do you anticipate happening in the lore? What do you anticipate happening in the cards and our other supplemental sets? What are your magic resolutions as well? What kind of things will you be promising yourself to deliver on? I think it could be a really, really fun discussion. And I hope that some of the stuff that we're looking at doing for our own personal deck building experiences has helped to inspire you. And it just seems like a, a really fun journey. I would agree. I think um, any any chance you get to expand the definition of uh, what you are as a commander player is uh, a good opportunity to take. Yeah. So listeners, let us know what are your 2019 predictions? What are your 2019 resolutions? Anything that you guys want to wrap up with really quick before we head out and say hello to the new year? No, nothing really. I, I It's been a really fun year. I mean, we started this podcast in, in 2018. <laughs> I think it's going fairly well. I mean, we're on, almost 40 episodes. Yeah. And just, I mean, just as the podcast here, it's, it's been a really fun journey getting to this point. I'm looking forward to podcasting with you dudes here in the future. Yeah. yeah that, that's my here. note too. I mean, this has been a really great experience so far. Um, and I am looking forward to another year of it. Definitely. And I'm looking forward to the top cards of 2019 that will come out. I really enjoyed, I think that 2018 was very subtly an excellent excellent year for commander and i'm looking forward to see what the future year has in store for our format as well uh, with that though i think we're going to call this episode to a close uh, thank you guys so much for joining me and if our listeners would like to get in touch with us where can they find you all you can find me on the twitters at mathemus 55 that's m-a-t-h-i-m-u-s-5-5 you can find me on the twitters at dana roach and you can hear me once a week on my other show cmdr central and I'm Joey Schultz. You can find me at Joseph M. Schultz on Twitter. Special thanks again to our editor for the show, Ken Peddle, also known as Kenish Norn. You can follow him on Twitter at Loader. That's L-O-A-D-3-R. You can follow EDHREC and the EDHREC cast on Facebook and Twitter. We're doing a giveaway when EDHREC gets 5,000 likes and when the cast gets 1,000 followers on Twitter. We're getting pretty close to that threshold, actually, so head on over there, smash those like buttons, and you got a chance at a cool prize. You can also contact us at EDHRECcast at gmail.com, and you can find us on iTunes. And if you do, please consider leaving us a review to help other folks find the podcast, too. This cast is posted every week on EDHREC's community content spotlight section, where we feature as many other content creators as we can, from Command Zone to Commander's Brew to Commander Versus, not to mention new articles published every day by our own fantastic team of writers we'll be back at you next week with more data and insights i guess we'll be back at you next year with more data and insights really but until then remember edh wreck your deck before you wreck your deck happy new year everybody